This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Gosselin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. Iguodala to inbound. Shepard trying to stay with Curry. Catches one dribble, steps back, puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound tip taken by Spades. Final second. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Yes, indeed. The long wait is finally over in Cleveland with the Cavaliers winning an NBA championship. After failures in three AFC title games, two World Series, and one previous NBA Finals, the city of Cleveland finally got a chance to celebrate a championship for the first time in 52 years. Ron, do you remember the last champion of that city? I certainly do, Goose. I was a wee lad when Jimmy Brown ran the Cleveland Browns to the 1964 NFL Championship. If you recall, that was two years after Art Modell stunned pro football by firing Paul Brown and replacing him with Blanton Collier. And Collier delivered what Brown had not since the retirement of Otto Graham, a championship. Who knew it was going to take 52 years for the next one? Uh, you are correct, sir. Quarterback Dr. Frank Ryan, wide receiver Gary Collins, and Hall of Famers Lou Groza and Gene Dickerson were on that team. Oh, the third member of our Talk of Fame Network trio, Clark Judge, is off this week. So Ron and I will become LeBron James and Kerry Irving and carry <laughs> on without our Kevin Love. We're going to discuss the city of Cleveland and championship droughts, plus continue our NFL division series this week, focusing on the AFC South with Jacksonville quarterback Blake Bortles and Tennessee coach Mike Malarkey stopping by for a visit. Ron will state the Hall of Fame case of the late Bud Adams, one of the AFL's founding fathers who moved his Houston Oilers to Tennessee, where they became the Titans. Darren Gant of Pro Football Talk will stop by for a visit. We'll discuss NFL practice facilities with him and the closing of a legendary one, Valley Ranch. We'll get to all that and more today, but first, Ron, back to Cleveland. What was your take on that championship series? Well, you know, I'm not a huge LeBron guy, uh, and having lived in the Bay Area and covered the Warriors back in the day, I was pulling for them. Uh, but look, it was a huge series for him. Uh, you know, when they got down three to one, everyone thought they were dead, just as everybody thought the Warriors were. You'd think we would learn from the past, but we don't. And that block he made in Game Seven, which, quite frankly, some might argue was goaltending, but still, uh, he went from one length of the floor to the other uh, to make a tremendous defensive play, and then, of course, he hit the big three pointer at the end. So it's uh, it was a coronation for. LeBron, he still may not be a king in my eyes, but he's something more than a prince. Yeah, I, I was surprised at uh, how small Stephon Curry got, you know, after his NBA MVP uh, regular season. Yeah, you know, I but I I think you're probably going to hear at some point in time that he was beaten up pretty good. You know, those little guys, uh, they really take a beating. He certainly really took a beating in this uh, series, in my opinion. Uh, and frankly, uh, in my mind, Cleveland got away with some stuff that, uh, that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, so I, I, I think he was not the same player. He just looked worn down to me. And, you know, once the Swish brothers uh, became the Miss brothers, uh, <laughs> that was it for the Warriors, you know. I mean, they can't. And, and the thing that I found really uh, intriguing, Goose, at the end of the game was uh, suddenly they did what so many uh, other teams had done when playing them. Uh, they forgot who they were. 
They stopped passing the ball and running their offense, and they were just throwing up some ridiculous uh, threes there in the last uh, minute and a half or so of the game and, and didn't hit them. You know, Ron, that, uh, what that championship told me, or should I say reminded me, that superstars win in all sports. In the NBA, you need more than one, and the Cavaliers had two, and LeBron and, and Kyrie Irving. It was the sixth consecutive NBA final for King James, and the third time he was selected the finals MVP. So, so where do you put James in that sports pantheon? You got Jordan, Kobe, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson. Where do you put him? Well, you know, I hear a lot of talk. I'm sure you have too, Goose, about him being top five uh, all time, which I just can't see how you come to that conclusion. Because to me, you know, although we live in a generation where history doesn't count, I believe history does count. Uh, if you and I are starting a team tomorrow, do you want LeBron or Hakeem Olajuwon? Olajuwon, <laughs> thank you, just the same. Uh, you want LeBron or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I'll take the three-name guy. Uh, yeah. LeBron or Russell? LeBron or Chamberlain? LeBron or Jordan? LeBron or Magic? The big O, forget about it. Larry Bird, better shooter. So, I mean, I, look, he's a great, great player, and you know, whatever list he's on is short, but it's not top five. Okay, Ryan, now that Cleveland's got the trophy in the house, what American city has the longest championship <laughs> trophy? And I'll give you a hint. It's now 53 years and counting. You know, Goose, up until this very moment, I thought we were friends. But clearly <laughs> we are not. Uh, why did you have to bring up the 1963 San Diego Chargers? When young Ronnie, a young wee boy from New England, sat all day waiting for the AFL championship game, waxing my six-inch screen on my six-inch television, because can't wait to see the game, because I knew what was going to happen. As they said back in New England those days, Katie, by the door, here comes Twine. Houston Antwine was going to kill these guys. Yeah, then they started the game. San Diego scores the first three times they have the ball. They lead 31-10 to 10 at the half. Keith Lincoln becomes more productive than Abe Lincoln. He rushed for like <laughs> 206 yards, he had 123 receiving yards, and he completed a 24-yard pass to boot. To quote my father, this pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the game when it was over, they lose 51-10, to 10, and uh, the Chargers are the champions of the AFL, and the Patriots were paid $1,700 a man for their efforts, and they were overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> what a trivia question. Trivia, Ron, do you remember who the quarterback was of the Chargers? The quarterback, uh, uh, Tobin Rote. Tobin Rote. Tobin Rote. Scored the first touchdown from the two-yard line, as a matter of fact. Less than two minutes into the game. I can see it's all coming back to me like a terrible nightmare. I don't know why you would do this to me at the start he's, of the show. He, he's one of the few quarterbacks to win championships in two different leagues. He also won yeah. 57 with Detroit. Yeah. Okay, the Chargers are one of 13. Didn't he win games. in Canada, too? No, he never won in Canada, ironically. Did not, huh? That, they wow. should have got the easy one. Didn't hit the trifecta. <laughs> now, the, char the Chargers are one of only 13 teams that never won a Super Bowl. Now, think about that for a second, Ron. 19 franchises have collected all 50 of the Super Bowl trophies. And of those 13 with the empty trophy cases, only four have never been to the Super Bowl. Two expansion teams, Houston and Jacksonville, and two established franchises, Cleveland and Detroit. You know, Moment of silence right there for you, Goose. Detroit. Yes, sir. Since, since we started this segment with Cleveland, Ron, let's finish it with the Browns. Beyond John Elway in those three AFC title games, what's been the major obstacle for the Browns? Well, I'll tell you, I was at all those uh, games, and to me, as much as anything else, it was bad luck. You know, in 86, uh, we had the AFC Championship game. Elway beats him with a drive, which he talked about on our show and admitted to us that he loves to talk about, if you, if you recall, Goose. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, he took him 98 yards in five minutes and two seconds and ties the game with 37 seconds left, and they, then he beats him in overtime. A year later, they have what? The fumble. 
Ernest Bynum never fumbles. He's running in for the go-ahead touchdown against the Broncos with a minute 12 to go. And Webster Slaughter gets lazy, and he doesn't block uh, a linebacker named Jeremiah Castile. Castile comes in, unseen by Biner, forces a fumble, they lose. And how can we ever forget one of my all-time favorites? Red right 88 in the 1980 when the Raiders beat them 14-12 to in the playoffs. They have the ball uh, sitting on the shadow of the goal line. All they have to do is kick a field goal to win. It's four degrees out, and uh, Sam Ritigliano tells uh, Brian Sipe, the quarterback, one more pass. If the guy's not wide open, throw it to the blonde in the stands. Instead, he threw it to Mike Davis, the safety of the Raiders, who couldn't catch his car keys if you threw them to him from the sofa. They lose. So I would say, as much as anything else, terrible luck. In the mid-'90s, you know, of course, Odell moved the team, and a playoff team went into the dumper. What if the Browns had not fired Belichick and had stayed in Cleveland? Do you think Belichick could have won there? I don't think so because I think he would have been a, a, a choked to death by the fans. You know, the fans had gotten to the point where they hated the guy. I was at uh, his his last appearance there. Uh, and literally, if you remember, Goose, in those days, you had to walk across the concourse yeah. to, a, to a tent. That's where the post-game press conferences were. And they had armed guards around the guy, and they were shaking the tent. I mean, uh, he, it just, he could not have survived there, uh, in my opinion. Uh, some of it was Modell's fault, of course, but a lot of it was his own doing. So I think that uh, he didn't become a genius till he came back to New England here, where everybody's a genius. Yeah, quickly, Ron, how far do you think the Browns are away from competing for playoff spots and, dare say, a Super Bowl? Well, I think it depends on our pal Hugh Jackson. If he can resurrect RG3, then I think that they can do it. But if not... They're not going to win in that division because you've got a, a Roethlisberger, Andy Dalton, and Joe Flacco. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't compete. Yeah, I think maybe well for the Browns just to get there. So we're going to stop right there. And when we return, we'll talk the College Football Hall of Fame and more. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. If your computer is running slow, like I do, Go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King Grilled Dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef, starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Picture it. Your car and home insurance are perfectly bundled. You're saving loads of money, and life is so much easier. You exist in a heightened state of easy peasiness. Life is as easy as it is peasy, as peasy as it is easy. Experience oneness. Bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. 
Hi, Tom Bodette with news for AARP members. Stay at Motel 6 and get great benefits like a 10% discount, free Wi-Fi, even late checkout on request. Those are a big help because members say they want to travel more. They also say they want to go on cruises. And while we have over 1,200 convenient locations, they don't float, so no help there. Book by calling 855-M6-AARP-0. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. I never thought that it would stop me from playing basketball with my kids. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. That's not an alarm. It's a wake-up call. The 2016 Rogue Glide Special. With a powerful, high-output twin-cam 103 engine, big-time braking power, and Harley-Davidson Project Rushmore technology from fairing to fender. It's time to take one for a ride and start living your legend today. Wake up. Your dream starts today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Well, you know, I got to talk to my man Derek behind the glass, our producer. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? I think it means you should have gone to Geico about 15 minutes ago, Ronnie. Rightfully so. And let me tell you something else because I've seen your computer. If your computer is running as slow as Goose runs, go to mycleanpc.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer, Derek. MyCleanPC.com. Thank you, Ron. Our first guest, Steve Hatchell, has spent a lifetime in college sports. He served as executive director of the Orange Bowl, commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, and now the president and CEO of the National Football Federation and College Football Hall of Fame. The College Hall released its ballot for its class of 27 this month, and we've asked Steve on to discuss the process and some of the candidates. So, Steve Hatchell, welcome to the show, and here's your fight song. I'm standing up, guys. I'm standing up. <laughs> Morton Anderson sang the Spartan fight song. Oh, That's pretty geez. good. Is that the Colgate <laughs> fight song? Or what is that? What is that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hatch, first off, let's talk about how difficult it is to get into the college hall. The key qualification is you must have been a first-team All-America to be considered. That knocks Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Joe Namath off the list. That one qualification provides an annual pool of about 1,500 candidates, yet only 75 make the final ballot. So just how do you go about eliminating more than 1,400 first-team All-Americans from your ballot every year? 
Well, it's really tough, and you're nice to point that out. Um, initially, we wait for the schools to nominate guys because we're not, we just don't reach in and pick out guys because we, we thought that they were a good player. We wait for, we wait for the school to say, look, you got to take a look at this guy. And then it goes through district screening. There's nine districts around the country. And um, out of the, I won't say there's 1,500, but I would say that there's probably a good 700 that go to district screening. And from that, each one is assigned certain numbers. And so out of the uh, nine regions of the country, they'll come back with a whole group of about 75 or 76 guys that will be up for consideration for that year. And uh, the reason we do the, the district screening is that that's the group that knows the guys. That's the group that knows what they're doing now. That's a group that knows what they were like when they were in school. And the whole idea is to make the Hall of Fame as good as we can for getting people in. So that's how we get down to 75, and then uh, it goes to an honors court. Uh, it's made up of 18 to 20 people that are media, coaches, guys who played, All-Americans, etc. Each person will be considered. Each person gets careful uh, consideration, and um, it's pretty hard. We only take 12 to 15 guys a year, and as we like to point out, if, you only, if we took 50 guys every year, 50, 5 zero, for the next 10 years, that would be 500. We still would have 1,500 that are eligible. And that's just the group that goes back the last 50 years. If you go 50 years and beyond, there's another 1,500. So <laughs> it's a lot of guys for us to take a look at and a lot of guys for us to honor. Now I understand why I'm not in there. Got to be a first-team <laughs> All-American. I was, Had I known that, all these years of fretting, I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> i got to say, Atch, uh, of the 75 finalists, as you pointed out, you, you select 12 or 14. And we talk about our backlog in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It sounds like yours is just so vast that you could almost replace the guys that are in and out with a whole new set of guys, and they'd all be deserving as well. Just in your opinion, how many sort of legitimate guys do you think are out there that belong and have earned the right to be in the oh, College Football Hall of Fame? I would say an awful lot. You know, that's why we wait for the school to say, look, this is our guy. And keep in mind of the 75 or 76, it would be two or three from some schools. But the schools will call and say, this is our guy. Um, this is the guy we really want. And it takes a while. He'll get advanced on, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't just happen. And we have to look at uh, geography. We have to look at positions. We look at race. And we look at geography. I mean, it, it is a big part of what we do to say we're here for everybody in college football. And, uh, and I think that we work at it pretty hard, frankly. Another qualification is a player must be 10 years removed from his final game and cannot be active in the NFL. Now, that means Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis are now on the ballot for the first time. Do first-time candidates jump to the top of the, top of the queue, as they so often do in the Pro Football Hall of Fame process? They do not. And keep in mind, in the case of, let's just use Miami, for instance, they have so many candidates uh, that uh, they will tell you that Ray Lewis will get in. But here's who we have for right now. Um, so this gets to be a little bit of a, a wait and see type of thing. Uh, they do get moved up, and there are uh, some. You know, you take a Peyton Manning. I mean, talk about a huge story. And uh, he's been out of college football for a long time. He's been uh, now out of pro football, retired. So I think that he would move up very quickly. But it doesn't automatically go that way. Uh, we tend to take a long time to get guys into the Hall of Fame. And people would say, boy, if you win the Heisman, how come you're not in the Hall of Fame? Well, it takes a long time. There are Heisman guys that win every year. And, um, you know, we just it just takes a while. So the percent of 
guys that get into the Hall of Fame is is less than point zero 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 two out of the five point one that have played the game since eighteen sixty nine. And we want to make sure we get it right. We want to make sure that they're great players and that they're good people. And that gets to be a very important criteria for us. Now, say you have a school that has an All America. Uh, say offensive tackle and quarterback and linebacker that they want in there. How do you determine which of those three players gets on your ballot? And have you ever had a time where your voters wanted player X and the school was pushing player Y? Not really. That's why we asked the school. These are the guys that are on the ballot. Who's your guy? Who do you like here? And uh, and we try to stay to that. Um, the school's input is very important to us. And it does get to be very tough. I mean, there are times when we've had two or three people from certain schools that um, all deserve to be in. Keep in mind, the 75 or 76 all deserve to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. So we're not we're not just picking, you know, between good guys and bad guys. We're picking among a lot of really talented, wonderful people who contributed to the game. It's just that if we're only going to take 12 to maybe 15 in a year, it's just hard to put it together. And the other thing that we do is that you got to be a first-team All-American, but it would be very easy to have an entire class made up of quarterbacks. And uh, what we try to do is that we'll look at a place like Northwestern and say, look, they've got a great linebacker, and they've got um, a great offensive tackle, and they've got a great running back. Uh, who's their guy? And uh, so each year gets to be a little bit different because you'd say, well, look, Northwestern hasn't had anybody in the Hall of Fame for a long time. And they've got a guy who is um, really terrific. He was a great offensive lineman. He was all Big 12, et cetera. And uh, we'll, we'll tend to look at that with, with a lot more scrutiny and with a lot more coverage than we would some other people. How do you keep politics out of the process? Well, we don't allow any politicking. So people don't know who the honors court is. Um, we try to keep that very quiet. So if someone has extra information to send in on a guy, we ask them to send it into our office. We then get it to the honors court. We'll get it dispersed to everybody on the honors court. So we try to cut out as much as we can the politicking that goes on because it gets to be pretty ugly. Yeah. If you don't manage it, it can be really, really ugly. And uh, it can have some strange bedfellows if you're not really careful. So we, we do all that we can to kind of shut down that that whole perception that you can politic because everybody that's on that 75 or 76 is eligible to go in, and we want to keep it that way. That's we're running out of time, but we'd like to thank you for stopping by and wish you the best of luck in picking the class of 2017. And one thing we know for certain, it's impossible to pick a bad class when your entire ballot is first-team All-Americans. Steve Hatchell, yep, thanks for right. stopping by. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Nice to talk with you. Thank you. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm-hmm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef, starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. 
I kept on trying. Learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it. So can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. That's not an alarm. It's a wake-up call. The 2016 Road Glide Special. With a powerful, high-output twin-cam 103 engine, big-time braking power, and Harley-Davidson Project Rushmore technology from fairing to fender. It's time to take one for a ride and start living your legend today. Wake up. Your dream starts today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Yes, our first guest, Jacksonville quarterback Blake Bortles, is on the fast track to stardom. The Jaguars selected him with the third overall pick of the 2014 draft and made him a starter in his fourth NFL game. He struggled some as a rookie, passing for fewer than 3,000 yards with only 11 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. But he proved to be a quick learner, passing for 4,400 yards and 35 touchdowns in his second season in 2015. Now he's poised to return the Jaguars to playoff contention for the first time in nine seasons. Blake Bortles, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks for having me. But what did you learn as a rookie quarterback in 2014 that allowed you to take that quantum leap in your play in 2015? Uh, you know, I think obviously just kind of recognizing, you know, the cliche uh, saying of the game is faster. Um, but I, I think kind of just getting those game reps and, and getting more comfortable within the games and the situations and kind of letting the game come to me rather than trying to, uh, you know, kind of do some extraordinary things, just staying within the offense and within the system and making reads and throws uh, and trying to keep it as simple as possible. But you saw the game was bigger, faster, stronger than it was at Central Florida, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it definitely takes time to get used to. Um, I mean, I, I remember throwing interceptions my rookie year and thinking, you know, there's no way I've never seen a guy make that play before. Um, and it's just kind of something you got to get used to because guys are so talented and so fast and so athletic uh, that you really got to kind of be uh, on top of it, you know, on every single play. During that first year, when did you reach a point where you really felt comfortable? at quarterback um you know i don't know if i did uh i don't know if i ever reached that point my first year um you know there were times throughout the season and kind of individual times during games where you know i felt good felt comfortable felt like things were rolling um but you know i'd say more so that this past year when greg olson kind of came in and took over as our offensive coordinator uh, a couple games you know into the season it kind of hit me and you know kind of felt like we were rolling as an offense and, and kind of you know we had an identity um, and, and we're able to execute on a consistent basis. So obviously the goal is to, to get better there and continue to do that uh, even better this uh, upcoming season. Blake, you, Alan Robinson, and Alan Hearns all arrived in Jacksonville at the same time. We talk about your second season, but Robinson and Hearns both had their first 1,000-yard receiving seasons in their second seasons in 2015, and both hit double figures in touchdown catches. How have the three of you grown together? 
Yeah, those two are they're they're unbelievable. Um, obviously, the, the talent level is through the roof with both those guys. Uh, and you know, I think what's even cooler is both of them are, are really good people. You know, they're guys that they're good teammates. You know, people want to be around them um, and stuff like that. But you know, I think it's cool to to come in. Um, you know, kind of as a group, as you know, the 2014 class, we were able to spend. You know, really. Uh, every every day we were together for you know almost the whole day you know we went through the rookie symposium and the premiere and all the rookie meetings and all that stuff we were together really 24 7 so I think that kind of allowed us uh, to get off on a good start and building chemistry. Hearns was undrafted when did you realize hmm, th- this guy could be something special? Yeah our, uh, our rookie year um, we had a couple guys go down uh, in camp and, and he kind of stepped up and, and was Mr. Reliable you know it was he was never hurt. He was out there every single day. He was practicing. He was giving it his all, and he was making he was making plays. And it was kind of you know from the beginning. Once he got his opportunity, it was all right. You know, we kind of know what we have here in Allen, uh, and how good of a player he is, and how good he's going to be. Uh, he works his tail off that. He's you know he's extremely smart and dedicated. Um, and you know I think from from you know two days of him kind of getting majority of the reps, it was you know everybody kind of knew we got to steal with you know getting him undrafted. Yes, we're with uh, Blake Bortles, Jacksonville quarterback on the Talk of Fame Network. Blake, there were only seven thousand yard rushes in the NFL last season, and you signed one of them in free agency in Chris Ivory. You already have T.J. Weldon in your backfield. How will the running game make you a better quarterback? Yeah, I think it'll be huge. I think you know, obviously, what TJ did last year as a rookie uh, was impressive. Missed the last couple of games, you know, due to injury, but um, we had a chance to see Chris Ivory firsthand up in New York, and uh, you know, the kind of back he is, and the uh, the aggression and explosiveness that he runs with uh, is impressive. So excited to have both those guys here in Jacksonville. I uh, think they'll really kind of play well with each other. Um, as far as rotating and, and you know, each guy kind of has their own little thing that they do well. Um, but both of them are extremely, extremely talented backs, you know, with the ball in their hands uh, in protection and um, in routes uh, in the passing game as well. So I'm excited, you know, excited to work with those two guys and see what they can do. You arrived in the NFL from a non-Power 5 conference at Central Florida, the American Athletic Conference. Carson Wentz arrives in the NFL this season from a Division II program. What advice would you give a young quarterback making that huge a jump in his caliber of competition? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, um, you know, really is to believe in yourself because there's going to be all kinds of people that doubt you when you don't play, uh, you know, in the top five conferences you know they're going to say all kinds of stuff you, you know you didn't see the, the type of competition and all that but you know the guys that are making the picks in the front offices and and uh you know the owners and coaching staff they know what they're looking at they know what they're seeing and you know they've done it for a really long time so them kind of uh instilling you know that belief in you um you know no matter where you come from that they believe in you and believe you're going to be successful uh at this level uh, i think means a lot and to kind of carry that with you and know that they're behind you uh, and believe in yourself did you have a chip on your shoulder coming in did you feel i gotta prove something uh, you know, it was a little bit different. I, I I was never a big, um, you know, even from college, I only had two offers to play quarterback, and uh, you know, it was never I wanted to prove anybody wrong or um, anything like that. It was more I wanted to prove the guys that given had given me a chance right. You know, I wanted to prove George O'Leary at UCF uh, that you know he he made a smart decision by offering me a scholarship. I wanted to prove you know Gus Bradley and. Dave Caldwell and Shad Khan, you know, right that, you know, they took me uh, with the third overall pick and, um, you know, really kind of fulfill, uh, you know, them of, of, you know, making the right decision. The Jaguars won three games in your first season and five years ago. How close is your franchise to playoff contention? 
I think uh, I think very close. You know, I think we're we're right there. I think you know one of the biggest things is is finding out how to win games. You know, we were in uh, a ton of games. You know, all of them, if not for one or two. You know, late in the game, and, and you know couldn't pull it out. So I think finding ways to win. It's hard to win in the NFL. Um, week in and week out. So, you know, finding ways to overcome adversity and, and, and win those tough games and, and, you know, make the crucial uh, one or two plays late in games that usually decide them. Uh, you know, I think figuring that out, learn, learning how, how to not lose and then learning how to win games. You never hit double figures in the interceptions at Central Florida, yet you threw 17 in your first NFL season and 18 a year ago. What steps have you taken this offseason to reduce the turnovers? You know, I think I think it's good that we're in the same offensive system now going uh, in, into the second year in that. So I think just continuing to uh, to make better decisions. I'd say you know half of the interceptions last year were were on decision on decision making and half were on uh, accuracy. So I, I think continuing to um, kind of harp on the decision making and, and owning the offense schematically, uh, and then obviously continuing to work on on the physical part of it and making throws and um, kind of developing you know, the chemistry with all our wide receivers on having a good feeling of, of, of where they're going to be so we can be on the same page to kind of eliminate those turnovers. You still have those moments you say, boy, I wish I hadn't thrown that one. Yeah, all the time. And it's, I mean, now I, I know I'm getting a little bit better because it hits me immediately. My rookie year, I'd throw a ball and then, you know, something would happen. It'd, it'd get intercepted and i come to the sidelines and, you know, Chad Henney would have to, you know, say, what are you doing? Or I'd look at the picture from the iPad, you know, that guy how stupid. Whereas now, as soon as the ball comes out of my hand, I'm like, Jesus, what are you thinking? <laughs> Another front, you were sacked more than any other quarterback in the league last season, 51 times. The Jaguars didn't draft any blockers last April, but you did add one tackle, Kevin Beachman, for agency. What's the plan now to reduce sacks? You know, he's uh, he's an unbelievable player that played in Pittsburgh the past couple of years, and he's coming in just off of an injury. Um, you know, so we're excited to get him healthy and see what he can do and figure out, you know, really our left tackle situation, whether it's going to be him or Luke Joko or, you know, somebody moves to guard. Uh, but, you know, we moved Brandon Linder from, from right guard to center and feel that, you know, our guys uh, are comfortable, obviously, like I said, you know, going into the second year in the system, they're a year better. Um, and, and, you know, we felt that we've made improvements. You know, a lot of, obviously, the offensive line gets blamed for the sacks, but there was a lot that were on me and, and on the running backs, on the receivers. It's kind of a group effort giving up sacks, um, but definitely something that, you know, we, we, we intend on cutting in half uh, and, and being better with. We'd like to thank Blake Bortles for stopping by to visit with us in the Talk of Fame Network. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure watching you grow as a player up these last two years. I want to wish you the best of luck this season of the Jaguars bid to return to the playoffs for the first time since 2007. And, Blake, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Okay. Thanks, Blake. That was Jacksonville quarterback Blake Bortles. Coming up next, we have Hall of Fame voter Darren Gant. Ron will state the Hall of Fame case for Bud Adams and our two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. If your computer is running slow, like I do, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. The following was recorded at a Burger King drive-thru at breakfast. Morning, welcome to Burger King. Let me get a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich. Sure, right now they're two for four dollars, but is that how you say that? Yeah, for sandwich. Where I'm from, we say sandwich. Try that. sandwich. Oh, that took you two seconds. Took me years of practice. I'm not you. Piled high with thick-cut bacon or savory sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted cheese. Get two sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4, only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought... 
that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. I never thought that it would stop me from playing basketball with my kids. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Hi, Tom Bodette with news for AARP members. Stay at Motel 6 and get great benefits like a 10% discount, free Wi-Fi, even late checkout on request. Those are a big help because members say they want to travel more. They also say they want to go on cruises. And while we have over 1,200 convenient locations, they don't float, so no help there. Book by calling 855-M6-AARP-0. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Well, here we are back on the show with our slow computers. We need fast computers to run the show, so what do we do? If your computer is running slow, go to mycleanpc.com and get a free computer diagnosis. The thing with sports writers love, free. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hey, Ron, now we welcome Darren Gant of Pro Football Talk to the segment. We've had Darren on before, and like Ron and I, he's a Hall of Fame voter. He's the Carolina selector, and a big weight comes off his shoulders this summer with the induction of Kevin Green into the Hall of Fame. So, Darren, who's next up for you in the queue of worthy candidates from the Panthers? Uh, you know, it's probably going to be a minute. I, I guess the next guy um, might be Sam Mills as a veterans uh, committee. You know, we've still got several years before it gets to that point. But as far as anybody lately, I mean, whenever Julius Peppers decides to call it quits, we're probably going to have a similar conversation to Kevin Green about Julius because the guy has been an extremely productive pass rusher for a long amount of time and he keeps going i mean he's in the top 10 on the all-time sack list now and he continues to play at a pretty high level so there's no reason to think he's not gonna you know maybe creep up on the top five it's interesting that you mentioned him because i never really think of him as a hall of fame guy which doesn't mean he isn't if you do that once you do the research but you know certain guys you say oh of course the other guys you go i don't know i don't think so but well I, I think julius is probably a victim of his own physical talent to be honest with you because when he came out you look at the guy and you say holy cow look at where, how fast this guy can run look how strong he is look at all he can do he ought to be a dominating every game and he may not necessarily be that kind of player but gosh he's been so consistently productive over such a long time and again he's sitting there in the top 10 basically tied with jared allen uh, on the all-time sack list, and you know it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he adds to the resume in the next couple of years. Now, Darren, in addition to Kevin Green, Eddie DeBardo will enter the Hall of Fame this summer. Just the twelfth owner to get a Boston Canton. There are also two Maras and two Rooneys in the owners' wing. Owners have always been a tough sell in room, but Ron, I know you believe there is one owner who has been overlooked far too long. So state the Hall of Fame case right off with late Bud Adams. 
of the Houston Oilers and Tennessee Titans. Somewhere but I'm just smiling here in that song, and I'm not because I heard it so many times at the Astrodome. Uh, <laughs> Listen to that thing. Uh, you could write the history of pro football without Bud Adams, but if you tried, Goose, it would be incomplete. The original owner of the Houston Oilers and co-founder of the American Football League was a Texas oil man, and the oil business became a godsend for the AFL. After Adams and Lamar Hunt concluded that the NFL would neither allow them to buy the troubled Chicago Cardinals from the Bidwell family nor grant them an expansion franchise to Houston and Dallas, they agreed to form their own league in 1959. Hunt conceived of the idea, but then he convinced Adams that the wise play was to form teams in Dallas and Houston, believing that a regional rivalry in Texas would bolster the league's chances. Adams then convinced Bob Howson to establish a franchise in Denver, and they were off to the races. Adams' Oilers were a success from the beginning, winning the first two AFL championship games and playing in four of the ten before the NFL merged uh, with the AFL in 1970. He also fired the first salvo at the NFL when he outbid the Rams for Heisman Trophy winner Billy Cannon. In November of 1959, the Rams general manager Pete Rozelle, remember that name, signed Billy Cannon to a three-year contract goose worth $30,000 plus a $10,000 signing bonus. Two months later, on the field after the Sugar Bowl, Adams signed Cannon to a deal worth more than three times as much and then beat the Rams in court, claiming that Roselle had taken advantage of what the judge later called, quote, a provincial lad unwise in the way of the business world. That court victory established that the AFL meant business. He repeatedly loaned money to New York Titans owner Harry Weismer to keep that team afloat because he felt it was critical to be in New York. And uh, he did that until Weismer sold out to Sonny Werblin. He supported Al Davis's plan to raid the NFL rosters and sign veteran players. Uh, and that bidding war really was what forced uh, ultimately the merger. Although he was a controversial figure in some ways for moving the team to Nashville in 1997 when he couldn't get a publicly funded stadium in Houston, he took a number of enlightened positions. He hired Tom Williams, an assistant GM, one of the first African-American executives in pro football. He won a bidding war for Warren Moon in 1984 and later made him the highest paid player in football. And at the time of his death in 2013, at the age of 90, Bud Adams had won 409 games, most of any active owner. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is a place for the greats of the game and its pioneers. He belongs because he was both. Gentlemen, that sound you just heard means we're in the last two minutes of this hour, so we need to go to our two-minute drill. Ron will be asking questions, and Darren and I will answer with Derek, our producer running the clock. So, Ron, no deflated football, please, and let's get started. Okay, boys, here we go. Are you buying or selling Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford's contention that defenses may find it tougher to defend the Lions this year with Calvin Johnson gone? I'm selling that because who's he going to throw it to, Golden Tate? Who on that offense scares anybody? (laughs) I'm selling, too. Ford Niners didn't become easier to defend when Jerry Rice left. Greg Hardy has a new avatar on Facebook, a photo of him holding a child. And his cover page has him in the middle of a school classroom. Is he trying to get a job as a teacher or back into the NFL? I don't know that he'd pass the character background check for either one of those jobs. (laughs) When you rebuild your image, you take baby steps. Trent Dilfer's back at ESPN, but Chris Goddard's still out. Doesn't that seem backwards? Well, it's a quarterback-driven league, so I guess TV has to be quarterback-driven as well, even if you weren't a terribly good one. Not at all. They kept the guy with a ring. Dish Network became the first broadcast entity to drop NFL Network in the red zone over cost. Has the NFL finally peaked? Boy, I don't know, but it is a scary thing. It seems like a negotiating point, but anytime anybody says no to the NFL, it becomes news. Maybe the Dish Network is expecting a dramatic drop in NFL scoring this season. 
Moritz Boringer, the first player drafted from a European league, says he's not yet comfortable with the playbook. Should the Vikings translate it into German? I guess, unless he's some kind of, you know, unless they've got some secret Viking language, some Norse, you know, code that I don't know about. <laughs> Norse all code. All those blocking assignments for Adrian Peterson would be discomforting for any wide receiver. Tim Tebow told Larry King he hasn't given up on his dream of playing in the NFL despite not being there since 2012. Is it time to pursue his life's work, as Chuck Noll used to put it? I think his life's work is hoping to be considered as an NFL quarterback. He's just holding out hope. Chip Kelly eventually comes to his senses. Jim Brown's getting a statue in front of First Energy Stadium. It says LeBron James should get one in Cleveland, too. Should they build a statue to a deserter? I don't know. Does Art Modell get one? <laughs> Ron, you must be thinking of Carlton Fisk. Exactly. LeBron says he played football as a kid because he needed a way out of poverty but forbids his kids from playing. What does that say about the NFL's future? I don't think it says anything about the NFL, but it must be pretty good being LeBron Jr. with offers from Duke and Kentucky already. It says LeBron believes there's more money to be made in basketball. That's the end of our first hour. Ron, Darren, and I will be right back along with Titans coach Mike Malarkey in the next hour. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. If your computer is running slow, like I do, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. Now in the living room, you'll see this beautiful bay window. It's energy efficient and lets in a ton of natural light. It will also let in a thief when you leave it unlocked and he'll steal your laptop and flat screen TV. <laughs> now who wants to see the kitchen? It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit Geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like, I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. I never thought that it would stop me from playing basketball with my kids. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is, do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Welcome back to our number two of the Talk of Fame Network. We have Tennessee coach Mike Malarkey coming up this hour. 
a little NBA draft talk, and our analysis, analysis and fearless forecast for the AFC South. Speaking of fearless, you would be fearless if you understood that what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to Geico 15 minutes ago because you'd be a little bit richer. And speaking of richer, if your computer's running slow, go to mycleanpc.com and get a free, hear that, free computer diagnosis. Can't get richer than that. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. Ron, we get to talk of a network. Love the word free, don't we? We love free. Free is a good thing. <laughs> also, you know how much I love the draft, Ron? And there'll be I one do. coming up this week, the NBA draft. So let's devote some time in this segment to the historic crossover between basketball and football drafts. But first, let me ask you a question about LeBron James. Sure. He's a longtime Cowboys fan and has attended several home games here in Dallas. He also was a former high school player himself. What if LeBron decided way back when that he wanted to play football instead of basketball, as Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates have done? First off, would you stereotype him as a tight end? And secondly, what kind of player do you think he'd have been? Well, I think he definitely is a is a tight end. You're too big to, to play at a lot of positions. They're not big enough to play, you know, the lineman's type of position. He's 6'8", 250 pounds. He got a wingspan from section one to section 305, uh, <laughs> you know, which to me is ideal for for a tight end. Now, it would depend a little bit on his speed, and I don't know his 40 time, but obviously he has tremendous athleticism, uh, which would put him in the Gates-Gonzalez-Gronk mode. And, of course, two of those guys were basketball players as well, Gates and Gonzalez. Uh, the question I have, though, Gus, is is he tough enough? You know, there's no whining in pro football unless you're Tom Brady. Uh, there's no lying on the ground holding your wrist like it was just severed off and then getting up and making free throws and slam dunks uh, <laughs> like he did. You know, it's a man's game. So he, he's got the he's got the build and the athleticism for it. Whether he has the heart, we will never know. Yeah, the Cowboys used a sixth-round draft pick last man, a basketball player selecting power forward Rico Gathers out of Baylor. He hasn't played a down of football since high school, but the Cowboys have had some luck with basketball players in the past. Cornell Green played basketball at Utah State, but the Cowboys signed him as an undrafted rookie free agent in 1962. And like Gathers, he hadn't played a down of football since high school, but he was the brother of former Red Sox and your good friend, Pump C. Green. Pump C. Green. Yes, sir. So the Cowboys knew he had the athletic genes to succeed, and he did, playing 12 seasons at cornerback and going to five Pro Bowls. He also was named the Cowboys' 25th anniversary team. Cowboys also drafted basketball Hall of Famers Pat Riley and Lou Hudson, but didn't sign either one. They did sign, however, Pete Gent, an undrafted college freshman basketball player off the Michigan State campus. And he went on to play five fairly nondescript seasons for the Cowboys in the 60s, but he also authored the book North Dallas 40. So I guess we Spartans are better known for our skills with the typewriter. <laughs> Ron, do you have a favorite basketball slash football player? Well, you know, if you come from from where I hail from here in Boston, it has to be John Havlicek. You know, he was drafted uh, by both the Celtics and the Browns in 1962. He was the last cut of the Browns or in that last group, and they cut him and kept a guy named Gary Collins, who was a pretty huh. good receiver, as you may recall. Uh, yes, sir. And that worked out well you know, for both of them. Uh, and for a generation of Celtics fans, uh, like myself, thank uh, goodness. But, you know, he was an All-State player in Ohio in high school in football, basketball, and baseball. Ohio State was hoping to... to uh, have to come there and play quarterback. Instead, he was an All-American basketball player, and he hit 400 on the baseball team. He was offered a major league contract. He was drafted by the Browns and obviously drafted by the Celtics. Might he have had a successful NFL career as Celtics fans? 
I'm very glad that I don't have to know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, Ron, the guy that always intrigued me was Charlie Ward. Oh, yeah. He won a Heisman Trophy as a quarterback at Florida State and also was the starting point guard on their basketball team. But he was short, only six foot, and said before the NFL draft that if he wasn't taken as a first-round pick, he was going to play basketball. Now, all along that day, I thought Denny Green and the Vikings were going to take him. But when they passed him on 18, I knew he was headed for the NBA. So he goes undrafted by the NFL, became a first-round pick of the New York Knicks, and went on to enjoy a 12-year NBA career. You know, I saw Ward play football in college, and I thought he had dynamic skills as both a quarterback and as a leader. I thought he could have been the, the Russell Wilson 20 years earlier. You know, chalk that one up as a lost opportunity for the NFL. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I always wondered whether or not he could throw well enough to, you know, because you still <laughs> in the NFL, you still got to throw. And yeah. I was never sure that he, you know, had that. But you know, when you think of guys that have made these kinds of transitions, you know, to me, one of the most remarkable is the Hall of Fame quarterback Otto Graham, who did play in the NBA and the NFL. Uh, you know, he came out of the war in '46 when he signed with the Browns, and he was drafted by the Rochester Royals of the then the NBL, forerunner to the NBA, and guy who quarterbacked the Browns to 10 straight league championship games and won seven of them. What happened when he went to the Rochester Royals? Party time! They won the championship. <laughs> this guy was dragged champions around. Every place he went except the Coast Guard Academy. Couldn't win there. You know, and he actually, little known fact, Goose, he went to Northwestern on a basketball scholarship. He didn't go there to play football. And the only reason he played football uh, was the head coach, Patty Waldorf, was wandering around the fields one day, and he saw this guy in an intramural football game rifling the football around better than his quarterbacks, and that was Otto Graham. Thus began a career that made him an NFL Hall of Famer. He is uh, the Bill Russell of football. He's all about championships, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he, and the dude was like Bo Jackson before Bo Jackson, you know. Otto knows football. Otto knows basketball. <laughs> Otto Graham also was the head coach the last time the college All-Stars beat the NFL champion Green Bay Packers in 1963. Right. He was right. all about football. You know, Ron, the passing combination of Donovan and McNabb and Terrell Owens delivered the Eagles their last Super Bowl appearance. Both played college basketball, McNabb at Syracuse and Owens at UT Chattanooga. Both fashioned NFL careers worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. So I'm guessing they made the right choice of sport. But McNabb as a point guard and Owens as a shooting guard, now that would have been an interesting combination for the Sixers. One problem, there's only one ball. <laughs> Well, actually, it would have been perfect because, you know, it would be just like they were with the Eagles. McNabb would throw it to Owens, and he'd never get it back. T.O. <laughs> <laughs> just taking the bob, you know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these guys that, are, you know, are, were fantastic all-around athletes. You know, we tend to focus on just a couple of them, like Bo Jackson, as I mentioned, or, or Deion Sanders. A lot of people uh, did baseball and, and um, uh, football. But my guess is, you know, there's many, many of these guys that could. Uh, wasn't Rayfield Wright a basketball player? Yes, he I was. Believe he yeah, was. Cowboys, you know? Cowboys had a number of those guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and I think what you what you see there is their their athletic ability. Art Shell got uh, uh, Eddie Robinson from Grambling wanted off from a scholarship. Never watched him play. Never saw him play a single football snap, let alone a game. But he saw him playing basketball. And he looked at his size and his footwork, and he said, "This guy can do anything in football." And offered him a scholarship, which uh, his dad didn't let him take. Uh, but I think basketball is very revealing for a lot of these positions if you if you already have the size to play football. You know, I remember that uh, uh, the Tony Gonzalez combine. He got there late because he was participating in the NCAA tournament. You know, what surprises me, Ron, I, I thought there'd be more 
players crossing over. You know, you can be a great college basketball player at 6'5", but you can't play at that size in the NBA. That is the perfect size for a tight end, which is where you get the Gonzaleses and the Gateses and the Jimmy Grahams and even the Julius Peppers on the other side of the ball, that 6'5", 6'6", player. Are you surprised there aren't more basketball players, elite college basketball players, trying to go the NFL route? Well, not really, because I think that a lot of them, uh, you know, see what the game is, you know, which is such a violent, injury-oriented game. You know, if you can yeah. find some way uh, to get in the NBA, you know, you can play there for a long time and make a lot of money and, and have your money guaranteed to boot. Uh, you don't have to be that good a player. The NFL is such a savage sport uh, that I think for a lot of them, they look at it and say, well, I don't know. I mean, look at LeBron James. LeBron James has come out and said, you know, he was a very good uh, high school football player, and he has said that he doesn't let his boys play, and he won't let his boys play football. And he claims that he played as a way out of poverty, but they don't need that. And so here's a guy, a tremendous professional athlete, pretty good chance that his his sons are going to have reasonably good size. He wants no part of football, even though he's a big football fan. And I, I think there's probably a lot of basketball players that look at it that way. Yeah, you look at uh, Gronkowski with the injuries he's had, you know, and Jimmy Graham. You know, right. your career is not going to be a long one. You know, Tony Gonzalez. You know, he, he's the exception to play sure. that long, catch that many balls. Most of these guys, you're a big target, and you're not a guy that's generally going to stretch the field. You know, you're going to get hit, and right. you're going to get hurt, and maybe that's why they uh, decide to hard court a little easier to go with than uh, than the, the artificial turf. I mean, look at Gronk. Who would ever think that that guy's going to get hurt? If you just met him and saw him, you say, no one's going to hurt this guy. And, you know, he's been hurt more than me. <laughs> Coming up, our preview of the 2016 AFC South. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. If your computer is running slow, like I do, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King Grilled Dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. Now in the living room, you'll see this beautiful bay window. It's energy efficient and lets in a ton of natural light. It will also let in a thief when you leave it unlocked and he'll steal your laptop and flat screen TV. <laughs> now who wants to see the kitchen? It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. 
Hi, Tom Bodette with news for AARP members. Stay at Motel 6 and get great benefits like a 10% discount, free Wi-Fi, even late checkout on request. Those are a big help because members say they want to travel more. They also say they want to go on cruises. And while we have over 1,200 convenient locations, they don't float, so no help there. Book by calling 855-M6-AARP-0. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. The new Lowrider S. It makes the most powerful cruiser lineup in Harley-Davidson history even more powerful. So powerful that if you take one for a ride, you could win one for you and one for a friend. And that's why it's time to stop dreaming and start riding. Get started today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. 18 plus. 50 US and DC. Ends 113016. Rules at h-d.com slash ultimate sweeps. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's my cleanpc.com. Welcome back to the Talk of Fame Network. You know, Ron, it wasn't too long ago that the AFC South was as competitive a division as there was in the NFL. Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Colts, Steve McNair, the Tennessee Titans, and Mark Brunel, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, only the Colts won a Super Bowl, though, in 2006, and they got back there in both 2009 and 2014. But the division has been in a slumber of light with seemingly one rebuilding project after another. So let's, let's delve into the AFC South this week. You know, the Texans started four different quarterbacks last season and won games with four different quarterbacks claiming the AFC South with a modest 9-7 and seven record. The Colts still have the premier quarterback in the division in Andrew Luck, but the Jaguars are rebuilding with Blake Bortles, the Titans with Marcus Mariota, and the Texans with free agent Brock Osweiler. So, Ron, who do you like this season and why? Well, I like the uh, Texans. I like Billy O'Brien, uh, the, the head coach. I think the job he did last year was fantastic. I thought he should have been coach of the year, frankly, to win with those slappies that he had uh, <laughs> at quarterback. It was amazing. Uh, but I liked him mostly for the same reason I liked the Broncos last year in the AFC title game and the Super Bowl, and that's defense. You can say what you want about the importance of the quarterback, Goose, and, and obviously it's paramount in today's NFL. But the fact is, without a defense to stop opposing quarterbacks, history proves you lose. At some point, it just becomes not about can you score, but can you stop somebody. And there's no one in the division who comes close to the Texans. They were ranked last year 7th in total defense, 3rd in pass defense, 10th against the run. Uh, The other three were all 25th or worse. And in the most important defensive category, the only one really, scoring defense, Houston allowed nearly a touchdown a game less than the next closest competitor in the division. Uh, they were giving up uh, 19.6 a game to the Colts, 25.5. I don't care how much repair work you do in free agency in the draft. You don't turn around those kind of defensive messes in one off season. And that's you know, why I, I like them. I think they're. Uh, I don't think they're going to give up points. You no. Know, another thing, you know, they signed Lamar Miller 
uh, yep. with Miami running back, and that's going to help your defense. You know, they didn't really have a passing game, didn't have much of a running game last year. But when you put Lamar Miller in, that's going to keep your defense off the field, and a, a, a fresh defense is a quality defense. But, Ron, yeah. I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with Jacksonville. You know, we had Blake Bortles on in the first hour, and he took a huge step as a passer and as a leader from his first to his second year. He takes If he takes that same step in his third year, I think the Jaguars are going to be dangerous. They were among the most active teams in free agency, spending the most money on a single player, giving defensive end Malik Jackson an $85 million contract to leave the defending Super Bowl champions. They also lured running back Chris Ivory away from the New York Jets to add some teeth to the running game and take some of the pressure off Bortles, much like I think Lamar Miller is going to take the pressure off Osweiler. Ivory himself was one of only seven 1,000-yard rushers in the NFL last season. The Jaguars won three games in Bortles' rookie season, five in his second year, and I can see them doubling that in his third year in 2016. And I do think 10-6 and six will win this division. I think you're probably right there. Guys like Malik Jackson make me nervous, though. Because we, and we've seen this happen a ton of times. He wasn't the A side. He was the B side yeah. uh, on that defense. And suddenly you get someplace else and you got to be the A side and you turn out to be the C side. Uh, and, and next thing you know, you're sitting by the C side because you don't have a job. <laughs> uh, you know, to me, you got to look at the Colts because they got Andrew Luck, assuming he can stay healthy. You know, last year behind a shaky line, he only lasted for seven games and he went two and five in those. And look, if he isn't up right there flattened, uh, which is why they drafted Alabama center uh, Ryan Kelly, number one, and LaRaven Clark, a tackle in the third round. And they're already expecting Kelly to start. But he still he's going to be a rookie starter there, and it's an upgrade, but you wonder. Uh, and I think uh, a sign of their problems offensively is that they're excited about an undrafted rookie free agent running back, Josh Ferguson, who they believe can become a big receiver out of the backfield. What that tells me is 33-year-old Frank Gore, who they brought in a year ago, not so good. <laughs> so uh, you add their defensive problems to, to everything else, and I think Andrew Luck is really going to have to carry this team once again uh, on his shoulders. Do you buy Luck, or is he a tease? I think he's really good. I, I, I just think he's been – he makes me a little nervous in, in his turning the ball over, but I think we've become a society that wants everything so fast. Uh, and, you know, he's a kind of guy who I think is going to take a little bit of time to, to sort things out because he's a very smart guy. But he's got all the throws – I just think if he's on a better team, yeah, he'd be a better player. But he gambles because he has to gamble. Yeah. I find the Titans interesting, though, just as I find the Rams interesting. You know, both pulled off blockbuster deals, you know, the, 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 to peddle the top picks in 2016 draft. The Titans received six premium draft picks in return. You know, an abundance of premium draft picks was the lure Jimmy Johnson needed to trade Herschel Walker to the Vikings in 1989. And four years later, he cashed those picks into a Super Bowl championship and consequently, a dynasty. You know, the Titans had a first, three seconds, and a third in this year's draft, and all of them should be walk-in starters. You know, rookie Jack Conklin, now you pair him with uh, Taylor Lewan as your tackles. You know, you can protect Mariota. Uh, that, that's a pretty good set of bookends. In the second round, they took a couple pass rushers. You know, Kevin Dodd on the outside, Austin Johnson on the inside. And, and, the, Vikings, and the Titans also traded for DeMarco Murray. You know, just two years ago, he was the NFL rushing champion. You know, th this team's still maybe two, two or three years away, but right now they, I think, are on the fast track to contention. You know, Ryan, if, if you had to stack the best players in the NFL, regardless of position, where would you put J.J. Watt? Wow, that's a tough one. That's a tough call. So many good players, and the, and the importance of the quarterback, you know, it's, it's difficult. But but I think defensively, I'd probably put him first. Not only because of his production, Gooch, which is almost legendary, but his motor. That guy is, is working and working hard all the time from, from everything you can see. 
He goes out uh, all out regardless of what the situation is or what the situation is either for him personally or his team. And that doesn't happen with everybody, uh, even the stars. And so to me, he's not only a great player, but he's a great leader. You know, he occupies two blockers all the time and still makes plays. And he frees up other guys to make plays. So the, to me, other than a quarterback, I think I would take Watt first. Do you think that Watt and, and Von Miller maybe are changing the perception of defenses in this league? You know, Watt is, is a one-man wrecking crew, and defense won the Super Bowl. Do you, do you think that the pendulum could be swinging back a little bit toward defense? Yeah, I do, because uh, I think that uh, defensive coaches are starting to figure out some of these quick-passing offenses and, and, and figuring out some ways to buy themselves a little more time to allow guys like Watt to get to the quarterback. And as Von Miller uh, in the Broncos showed, that part of the game has never changed, uh, as Al Davis used to say. The quarterback must go down. He must go down hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if you do go down hard, uh, you saw what happened to uh, Cam Newton. And you saw the difference also uh, as an aside between Cam Newton and Brady. You know, Brady went down just as hard and, and often as, as, as Newton did. But he kept his team in the game, and Cam Newton couldn't do it because he's a, a younger player. But yeah, I think you, you you're starting to see that. That, and I think that I think New England's one of those teams that's starting to you know load up the gun on defense again because uh, Belichick sees that the changes are coming. Hey, look at free agency. You know, four of the biggest contracts went to defensive players. Malik Jackson got eighty five million. Vernon or Olivier Vernon got eighty five million. Josh Norman right. seventy five million. Janoris Jenkins, 62 and a half. The only guy who, who, offensive guy who got in there was Brock Osweiler. Teams are are paying and drafting defense now, and I do think the pendulum is swinging back. Yeah, well, you know, look at the amount of money that was wasted over the last five or six years on paying tons of money to wide receiver Mike Wallace and a lot of these yeah. other frauds, you know, and uh, and they couldn't affect their team. Even Brandon Marshall couldn't really, who's a really good player, I think, but even he couldn't really change the culture of things. And I think what they're seeing is go back to defense. I guess the bottom line, Ron, is that we like the future of the AFC South a lot more than we like its present. Next yeah, up, for sure. Mike Markey to talk about his Titans. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. I never thought that it would stop me from playing basketball with my kids. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. The following was recorded at a Burger King drive-thru at breakfast. Good morning. Welcome to Burger King. Hey, sweetie pea, uh, I'm going to get the two for $4 bacon, egg, and cheese for sandwich, dude. Well, I've never heard that before. What, sweet pea? No, the way you pronounce croissant-witch. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my, you love it, or oh, my, just give me my breakfast? Piled high with thick-cut bacon or savory sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted cheese. Get two sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4, only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. 
That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Picture it. Your car and home insurance are perfectly bundled. You're saving loads of money, and life is so much easier. You exist in a heightened state of easy peasiness. Life is as easy as it is peasy, as peasy as it is easy. Experience oneness. Bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Our next guest has been tasked with one of the most difficult coaching challenges in sports, rebuilding both a young team and its culture. Mike Malarkey took over the Tennessee Titans midway through last season with an injured rookie quarterback and a 1-6 and record. During the offseason, the Titans have added young runners, young blockers, young pass rushers, and a new competitive attitude. An attitude their head coach himself needed to develop quickly to survive his own NFL playing career. Malarkey survived in the NFL as an undrafted college free agent and went on to carve out a nine-year career as a tight end. Since then, he served as an offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, Miami, and Atlanta, producing some of the league's most productive offenses. Mike also spent two years as head coach of the Buffalo Bills and one as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars before becoming the interim coach of the Titans last fall, a position that became permanent at season's end. Mike Malarkey, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Great to be a guest. Mike, you've been called an innovative coach, and in Pittsburgh, someone labeled you Inspector Gadget because of the many ways you can come up with to use Antoine Randall L. and Heinz Ward. I was fortunate to have guys like that. Cordell Stewart, don't forget him. He was, um, you know, I had Slash in that mix as well. Now, you always favored the Smash Mouth running games. Which is the larger part of your offensive philosophy, Smash Mouth or Trickster? Uh, well, it depends on your personnel. Obviously, I had those guys in Pittsburgh. You know, people thought that maybe I'd change my my philosophy of getting away from some of the the uh, special plays, but I really didn't. I just it was the personnel that I I had surrounded around me, and uh, you know, some of those guys were former quarterbacks in college, so it made it really easy to game plan uh, the trick plays. But I, I've always been since since my days as a player in Pittsburgh with Coach Knoll. Uh, I'm I'm a physical, tough, smash mouth style is what I've learned and what I've I've believed in since my first day of coaching and my last days as, as a player with the Steelers. Well, I, I covered the Cowboys the year DeMarco Murray won the NFL rushing title. So you're back into that. But with him and, and Heisman Trophy winner Derek Henry in the second round, that's a lot of power running you got in your stable there. Yet the NFL as a whole seems to be abandoning the running game. Is there still a big place for running the ball in the 2016 NFL? I just, you know, I know people say that, but I think if you watch the Super Bowls, the teams that have been capable of running the football have been the the, the playoff teams, the uh, you know, the teams that have won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I I disagree with it. Um, I think balance is really important in this league, both the run and the pass. I think the run helps the passing game, and uh, it's been successful since I've been in coaching um, as a coordinator. 
it's what we believe in and uh it's it's what we're going to do and that's that hasn't changed since my days early as a coach well, i guess with most rookie quarterbacks marcus mariota had his ups and downs the downs including 38 sacks in 12 games how do you go about developing a second year quarterback when the expectations are so high and you're asking him to play right away well i one of them uh, we just talked about is the run game. I think that will help him immensely in what we're trying to do here with uh, what we're doing play action-wise. It's a different scheme, very similar terminology, but different philosophy and scheme um, with what we're doing this year compared to last. Uh, we've done some things protection-wise differently. Um, it's just we understand uh, some of the things that took place. You know, we've, we led the league with sacks, and um, I, I think that comes from a lot of areas that was including coaching that we uh, subjected our quarterbacks to that uh, situation. But we we know uh, what we need to get better at, and in all those and and we've been practicing it obviously for this off season. After that opener last year, do you think, wow, we got something special here at quarterback? Well, I thought that even before that game started, uh, after being around him for you know training camp and the off season, I thought it was he was a special uh, special player, especially with all the pressure that was put on him from you know as soon as he left all leading up to the draft can he play in a pro style you've never even seen a glimpse that he's not capable of being a really successful quarterback at this level in the gun or under center like this offseason you pitted different players and position groups in various non-football competitions including an ali trivia contest followed by a run of horse between mariota and wesley woodard what are you trying to create there, and what's the long-term football the football value you see in all that? Well, uh, it starts as soon as they walk in the meeting room. There's competition, even though it's friendly competition, and in, in, in a very you know we've we've had a various sports going on in that team meeting. It's it, it's just fun because I know how important it is for guys to win. They're competing for not just their position; they're competing for their side of the ball offensively. And then we have another three. We call them the bigs, the mids, and the skill session. So they're not just competing for themselves. They're competing for their teammates. And they know there's a prize at the end of it. And uh, I just we're trying to instill competition from day one with this roster. And, uh, and we're trying to really instill that you can have fun while working hard. And these guys have really, really gone out of their way. When we get on the field, it is all business. And I think they enjoy coming and building every day. Mike, you've been a head coach in Buffalo and Jacksonville, but in both circumstances, you weren't given much time to turn things around. Tom Landry didn't have a winning season in Dallas until his seventh year. How difficult is it to not think short term when it seems patience is in such short supply in the NFL these days? It's it's not it's hard <laughs> not to, but um, you know you, you have a you have a belief, uh, and I do. I've been very proud of what what I've done in the other places, regardless of record. There's there are things that anybody in the business knows that we did uh, well, and um, we were very competitive. Um, so I'm proud of some of the situations. I wish I had more time. You know, that's that that wasn't the case, and uh, I get another opportunity, which I'm blessed to have, and and. Uh, I've been able to surround myself with a lot of coaches uh, that I've had prior experience with, and um, I know the roster already here. I know the, I know the guys. It's not like I'm coming into a brand new situation, and they know me. And uh, I think it's I think it's just a different, a totally different circumstance than my prior two stops. You did something few head coaches have ever done uh, when you resigned in Buffalo after your second season over disagreements with some of the management decisions. At that time, was there a concern? that you may not get another head coaching opportunity? 
Well, I'll be honest. I um, when we made the decision, and it, it was uh, it was rather uh, you know it wasn't like a long drawn out. It was pretty. It was wake up one morning and have a discussion with my wife, who I've um, been married to for a long time and has put up with a lot in this business. But uh, we were concerned that I would not get hired, even as a position coach. We did, we did not know how the league would perceive my res- resignation, and we we had a plan. We were going to go down to Florida where our family is, and I was going to teach and coach high school football. And uh, I had no idea how people would, would look at me from my decision, but – we knew it was the right decision, and I still believe it was. Uh, looking at the team this year, you signed Richard Marshall as a free agent, even though he didn't become a starter in Miami until last year and then missed the final four games of the season with a rib injury. What did you see in him bringing to this offense in general and Marcus Mariota in particular? Well, didn't you see production, you know, when he was playing um, for the Dolphins? He, he, you know, he had some big play potential. Uh, he was very consistent in his play. And, you know, we are trying to, again, bring in players to compete at every position, but especially at that receiver position where we haven't had a lot of production um, since I've been here. And we, we needed to have somebody that would come in here and make guys compete and bring us to a different level that uh, will help Marcus develop. You've got DeMarco Murray and uh, Derek Henry in the backfield. How do you plan to split up the work? Uh, I don't plan on split up the work at all with those two. Uh, DeMarco Murray is, is our guy, and uh, we have an answer if for some reason he's not. There's there's no plans of specific numbers of carries for either one. Um, we're going to run DeMarco till he needs a, a blow, and then we're going to bring in somebody just as fresh and uh, as powerful and go with it. So that's the plan. DeMarco knows that. He's known that since five minutes after we drafted Derek and my conversation with him. Yeah, I had him. I had him here in, in Dallas. He's a great receiver as well. He, he's a, you know he's just a, a consummate pro. He's been yeah. unbelievable for our locker room. I mean, unbelievable. Hey, Mike, I appreciate your time. Thanks for visiting, and uh, anytime you want to come back on, you're welcome. You got to appreciate it. Good, good catching up with you. Thanks, Mike. We'd like to thank Mike Malarkey for stopping by and wish him the best of luck in this, his third endeavor as an NFL head coach. With all those draft picks, a potential franchise quarterback in Marcus Mariota, and a former NFL rushing champion in DeMarco Murray now on his roster, his future should be brighter than it was in either Buffalo or Jacksonville. Coming up next, we have Darren Gant, discussions of NFL training facilities, and our fabulous two-minute drill. This is a Talk Fame Network. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. 
Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Hi, Tom Bodette with news for AARP members. Stay at Motel 6 and get great benefits like a 10% discount, free Wi-Fi, even late checkout on request. Those are a big help because members say they want to travel more. They also say they want to go on cruises. And while we have over 1,200 convenient locations, they don't float, so no help there. Book by calling 855-M6-AARP-0. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Well, you know, if your computer is running slow the way Derek is in the Arizona heat, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. MyCleanPC.com. We're back with Ron and Darren Gant, the Carolina selector for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And guys, it was a sad day in Dallas this past week when the Cowboys held their final practice session at their Valley Ranch practice facility. The Cowboys then shut the complex down and will move into the northern suburbs in August where they, when they return from training camp, a place called The Star in Frisco. Now, it's right across the street from the new Toyota North American headquarters. It's going to have a 12,000-seat indoor stadium that the Frisco High Schools will also use for their home games. The complex is attached to a four-star hotel and a medical center. There's a health club, retail shops, residential, office space. In short, a far cry from Valley Ranch that served for almost two decades as the NFL's model practice facility. This league has come a long way from the 1970s when the world champion Pittsburgh Steelers shared Three River Stadium with the world champion Pirates. Darren, what, what was the setup in Carolina when the Panthers were awarded a franchise in 1995? Well, when they first got the franchise in 95, the only place they had to work out was at uh, Winthrop Coliseum, a little college in Rock Hill, just about 20 miles south of downtown Charlotte. And they worked there for a year, and it wasn't exactly what you'd call luxurious. It was kind of uh, dark and damp and a little musty. But you know what? It's a nice little 5,000-seat basketball arena for a, a low-level D1 college basketball team, but it wasn't exactly an NFL facility. They were uh, able to get into their own place in year two, and I think it, it just kind of alarmed players that it was night and day. I mean, at the time, that was a state-of-the-art facility. They've since, you know, renovated everything weight room-wise, locker room-wise, uh, meeting rooms, their Bank of America Stadium, and it's still a really nice facility. I mean, is as far as stadiums go, to be 20 years old, you don't hear the same hue and cry about, you know, trying to make big changes or, or think about the future because I think that stadium's in pretty good shape, you know, for the next generation or so. I know 30 years has kind of become the lifespan of stadiums in a, in a lot of people's minds, but that one should be good to go for, uh, for another little bit, I would say. Ron, I can only imagine what the Raiders training facility was like back in the 1970s. Actually, you could not imagine. Uh, when I got there in 1974, the facility was across the street from the Alameda County landfill. And at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, every day, it was like a scene out of the Birds movie. 
every seagull in Alameda County would fly in from the landfill and land on the practice field because they knew there would be orange rinds out there at the end of practice. These babies are coming in like B-52s. You know? it's, like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a little tiny media room that was smacking them. You'd come in the back door. Media room was right there, which is basically like a closet. Three more steps, and you were in the locker room. It was the greatest to tell you the truth. What, what is it about NFL teams and former landfills? I've heard players talk about Cincinnati's old train of football. Oh, the best. Spinning field. field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was the best. Yeah, that was a waste dump. Apparently right across from a landfill, same sort of situation. <laughs> Darren, what, what's the best practice facility you've seen your, in your travels throughout the NFL? You know what? I mean, I've seen you know, a, a good number of places. I kind of, just from a sentimental standpoint, I mean, maybe not necessarily the during season training facility, but going away to training camp. And, and I'm a believer in going away to training camp. I think anymore you get such a small amount of time to work with a team to be able to get away. And I had the opportunity one summer when Dom Capers was coaching the Panthers to go up to Saginaw when Bobby Ross was coaching the Lions. And they worked out at Saginaw Valley State. And it was just such a quaint, you know, a place to go and do your football work. I mean, the fans there were, were crazy about the Lions. There were 15,000 people there for a joint workout with some, you know, fourth-year team that nobody knew all that much about and didn't really have all that much in the way of star power to draw people out. But people love coming to see Barry Sanders. And Saginaw was just such a cool little out-of-the-way type of place. You know, I know people rave about Latrobe and – and I'm just a sucker for those places where you can go and get away and, and, and concentrate on your football for a couple of weeks. Second, a home of Draymond Green. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> Good one. Ron, quickly, what, um, what's the best sight you've seen? Oh, the Ravens in Owings Mills. The first time I got there, you've been there, Goose. The first time I got there, I pulled in. I took a wrong turn, and I was at the Owings Mills Country Club. The thing is <laughs> unbelievable. The only thing missing is a golf course. I mean, it's just incredible, this massive thing you know it looks nothing uh, like it has anything to do with football it's but just... it does have a putty green in front <laughs> yes it does <laughs> hey guys that's a signal that we're at the final two minutes of our show ron of course is going to run the two minute drill darren and i will try to stay with him and derek burns our producer running the clock so ron if you're ready start calling that cadence here we go make them fast peyton manning says there's no free time in retirement is he talking about playing golf or his speaker fees he seems like he's keeping a pretty busy schedule to me doing the rubber chicken circuit. And maybe spending his days and nights counting the money he made in football. Lawrence Taylor said last week he did Joe Theismann a favor when he fractured his leg because he was washed up. What's wrong with that guy? We don't have enough show to describe what's wrong with Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> do we, boys? Maybe someone should have broken LT's leg in 1992. <laughs> or his tongue. A friend of the show, Bruce Arians, says he didn't retire when he left the Steelers, as he said, but he was fired by Mike Tomlin. His team now wears T-shirts that say loyalty, trust, respect, and he claimed last week that's not on Steeler jerseys. Don't all coaches get hired to be fired? I think that's kind of part of the gig, but it is unusual to hear somebody talk about the Steelers that way because they're held up as one of the model franchises. Yeah, the Steelers have had three head coaches in the last 47 years. The Cardinals had had 15, so I'd hold off on that loyalty part. <laughs> Will more teams go for two in 2016? I hope so. It's something interesting to look at, at least. I mean, except the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you invest a second-round pick in a kicker, you're going to use the kicker. It all depends who your kicker is. Would you guys go for two more in 2016? I would go for two always, and I would bring back Tebow to run two for me. <laughs> there you go. Not if my kicker is Adam Vinatieri. 
The word is that 350-pound and counting Vince Wilfork will be among the models in ESPN the magazine's body issue. You guys taking a peek? Probably not at Vince Wilfork, but if they're going to put the big guys in there, the sports writer issue can't be far behind. <laughs> like Drew Brees, I'll pass. The Chiefs plan to expand their radio and TV broadcast into St. Louis, quote-unquote, respectfully. What in the heck does that mean? That means they're going to wait just a, enough time to start counting the money in St. Louis. It means St. Louis will never get another NFL team. That's the end of the game. And that's our show for this week. We'd like to thank Blake Bortles, Mike Malarkey, Steve Hatchell, and Darren Gant for stopping by, and you for listening. This is the Talk of Fame Network. If your computer is running slow, like I do, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. I never thought that it would stop me from playing basketball with my kids. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Picture it. Your car and home insurance are perfectly bundled. You're saving loads of money, and life is so much easier. You exist in a heightened state of easy peasiness. Life is as easy as it is peasy, as peasy as it is easy. Experience oneness. Bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King Grilled Dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. The new Low Rider S. It makes the most powerful cruiser lineup in Harley-Davidson history even more powerful. So powerful that if you take one for a ride, you could win one for you and one for a friend. And that's why it's time to stop dreaming and start riding. Get started today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. 18 plus. 50 US and DC. Ends 11 30 Rules at h slash ultimate sweeps.